Reading from the Gospel of our Lord according to John today, the first chapter, beginning with verse 19. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I'm not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I now invite you to watch a clever short drama presented by some of our youth who invite you to ponder, whose birthday is it anyway? It's really great for all you guys to want to help plan Chris's birthday party. We're all his best friends, and we all want this to be his best party ever. Anyone have any good ideas? Yeah, I do. I think we should have a great big double-decker confetti angel food cake. You know, the one with all the little different colored candies in it. It's my favorite cake. It tastes really great. Don't you think Chris would like that? Well... Actually, when we were at Tara's party, I remember Chris saying that her cake was his favorite. It was German chocolate, I think. I hate German chocolate. It's got coconuts in it. I'm not going to ask my mom to make that kind of cake. Hey, I got another good idea. I'll ask my dad to make our favorite meal. He's the best cook ever for a dad. What do you think he'll make? Spaghetti SpaghettiOs. Everybody likes SpaghettiOs, right? <laughs> I was thinking about something a little fancier, actually. Okay. I'll ask my dad to put some Velveeta cheese and hot dog chunks in it. It makes it all gooey and stringy. I can't wait. I haven't had my dad's SpaghettiO special for at least a couple of days. Uh, we'll come back to the food issue in a few minutes, okay? How about a gift? I think we should all chip in and get him a really neat PS5. Have you ever been to his house? Imagine how their family room would look with a cool PS5 in it. I'd be over there all the time playing with it. I thought Chris liked to be outdoors a lot more than being inside. I was thinking maybe a soccer goal or something. Yeah, but then I never get to go over to his house, and I like the PS5 idea a lot better myself. I'll bring some movies for the party. I just got a bunch of new movies for my birthday. They are all my favorite. 
Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter of the... Uh, Chris doesn't really like movies, does he? I think he likes music a lot better. Well, I sure don't want to go to a party where I have to listen to that dumb music stuff. This isn't nearly as much fun as I thought it would be. It doesn't sound like a kind of party I'd go to. I mean, there's nothing, there's not going to be anything I like. Yeah, I don't want to oh, go. I'm only focused on, like, the like, dessert a bit I more. Like, wait, I like Michael's idea. Guys, guys, hey, wait a minute. Whose birthday is it anyway? We thank those young folks for raising the question for it, for us. Um, I like short dramas that don't have all the answers in them. I hope you take some time to think about those answers for yourself. John says, among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many humans have a tremendous tendency to keep the spotlight of attention focused on themselves once they gain popularity or notoriety. I call them people famous for being famous. While most of us live in our little corners of creation without much desire or need to be well-known, things like money, power, and celebrity can really mess up our priorities. With the omnipresence of social media these days, temptation abounds. Which is why I think John the Baptist presents us with one of the best biblical models for discipleship. Good for both famous people and the rest of us. The record clearly shows that John lacked an inflated sense of self. Scholars believe he attached himself early in life to a severe ascetic sect called the Essenes, a group like pacifist marines on steroids. If the, only the few chose this lifestyle, more likely it chose you. In a time when daily existence for common people was harsh, the Essenes chose a higher degree of difficulty into their dive into life. They laser-focused their spiritual energy on those things that they deemed most important. Portrayals of Essene John show him to be rough and coarse to the extreme. Not a guy to invite to your holiday celebration. Yet, John's eccentricities managed to attract a following. 
Not all the gawkers came for holy reasons, however. Many perhaps journeyed into the Judean wilderness like folks today seek out the uh, scariest theme park rides or the goriest haunted houses. Still, John managed to speak to them about spiritual matters in such a way that they were mesmerized and some were transformed. Luke's record of the story contains more details of the crowd's reaction than the others, including John. How many were moved to confession and how they began to assign to John more spiritual stature and value than he was willing to carry. Luke notes how all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah. Crunch time arrives for the preacher. One of the thoughts swirling in his head might have been, you know, I've been denying myself life's simple pleasures for quite a while. Maybe, maybe it's time for me to enjoy myself a little more. Perhaps, perhaps even bask a bit in the adulation of those poor people who have turned to me to answer their questions, to give meaning to their lives. Hey, they could be right. Maybe I am the only one who can save them. I'm making that up, of course. The Bible does not suggest much of a struggle on this matter, but who knows what the evil spirit perched on his shoulder was whispering in his ear. John shares our human genes, so the notion must at least have floated across his smartphone screen, even if fleetingly. Ultimately, John does what I really love John for, tempted or not. In the middle of a crowd, ready to lift him up on their weary, hopeful shoulders, John doesn't pound his chest. He shouts, not it, not it, pointing to the one beyond himself who is coming, who really has the power and authority to change lives and transform the world. Jesus, Messiah. John happily acknowledges a little later in this gospel record that he, Jesus, must increase and I, John, must decrease. What a great, important witness in a world like ours, so full of self-obsessed chest pounders. Let me share a few Advent applications. Whether I like it or not, not would be the appropriate response. Many Christians have long been focusing on the babe of Bethlehem, a manageably sized Messiah. Rather, than the larger-than-life version that John recognizes, one who is spiritually superior to us, one who requests absolute allegiance, 
one who makes outsized demands on our lives, one who challenges and commissions us to a vigorous existence of discipleship. John reminds us that the connection between the newborn babe and the mature king of kings is direct, coddling the infant without embracing the adult misses the point. The one has no meaning without the other. Remember to join with John in acknowledging, as Luke states, one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize with Holy Spirit and fire. Second application. Churches in transition so want a Messiah. Early-ish in 2021, the year we are all waiting for, a PNC will be elected here and will begin searching for a pastor. I like to say what I'm going to say here many times, so I'm sorry if this is the second or third time you've heard it. You're going to hear it some more. I want you to resist the temptation to, emerge, to imagine that person to be something other than what she or he is. Churches often place way more expectations on pastors than our theology warrants. And, unlike John, pastors often accept the adulation. Third church does not need a savior for one simple reason. You already have one. The same person John the Baptist pointed to when folks were clamoring to exalt his status. I think your next pastor will be fine with accepting a human-sized role around here. I hope you will allow that person to imitate the Jordanian wild man pointing beyond self and third church to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Finally, I want to accentuate what Becky has already invited you to do. I encourage you to be finger pointers like John. Now I know we have always been told not to point fingers, but this is one time when it is not only allowed, but also encouraged. Not many of us, at least not in the ones that, of you that I know, not many of us have adopted an Essene lifestyle. But we are still challenged to live in such a Christ-like way that we attract the attention of those around us. Then, when others inquire about what makes us wise and, and sweet and gracious and peaceful and compassionate, we don't pound our own chests and share our personal secrets of success, touting what great examples we are. Rather, we quickly state, not it! Not it. And humbly point to the one whose birth we remember 
and whose sandals we are not worthy to untie, but whose life, death, and resurrection makes him worthy of all praise and worship. Jesus, the Messiah, Prince of Peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.